This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm your host, Joyce Dew. In this episode, we will continue our discussion on the topic of sleep with Dr. Richard Swinborne, a sleep scientist and the head of sports nutrition at the Singapore Sports Institute. So hi, Rico. Welcome to Health Check. Hi, Joyce. Yeah, nice to, nice to be along. Thanks for having me. So we've been talking about sleep, which we all know is important. And sometimes we just want to stick in on weekends, right, to catch up on sleep. But sleeping too much is actually not a good idea, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yes, there's a clear relationship between how much sleep you get and how long you live. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. so, um, you know, that saying that we can sleep when we're dead is ironically true. Um, and, and not only uh, lifespan, but health span as well, Joyce. So, you know, quality of life is really important. And when we think about the number of people that, you know, walk through life, you know, just surviving rather than thriving, you know, be it their mood, their anxiety, you know, depression, metabolic health, type 2 diabetes, cancer risk, cardiovascular disease, being heavier than they want, you know, constantly trying to manage their weight. As a dietitian, I was always taught it was energy in versus energy out. But now we know that sleep is the third tip of the triangle. Um, and, you know, if you're sleeping less than six hours a night, it's very, very hard to lose weight because sleep has this profound influence on, on our eating patterns and our eating preferences. Um, you know, if we're not getting enough sleep, we feel tired and then we feel hungry and we don't desire carrots and salaries and salads. We desire sweet foods, you know, high carbohydrate foods. Um, and, you know, we eat more than we should. And then behind that, our metabolism slows down as well. So, yeah, there's lots to it. So, Rico, sleep hygiene is actually good sleep habits, right? But so many people have trouble sleeping well these days. So how do we actually develop healthy sleep habits? You know, if any parents are listening, I mean, you have a PhD in sleep hygiene because you've done it. Uh, you've done it with your children when they were born. And, you know, when we have uh, a newborn baby in our lives, like we're desperate to get that baby to sleep, aren't we? And we talk to our parents and our grandparents and we try and learn all the hacks and all the tips. And, and really what we're taught is, is, um, is how to put somebody to sleep with sleep hygiene. And it's no different for an adult as it is for a baby. That's very interesting. But we do tend to forget about these habits after a while. And unfortunately, when we get to teenage years, we disassociate with, with this routine. And, and oftentimes we don't find it again. So that's a great analogy that I use. It's very easy to... Um, to relate to and to remember and if anyone's listening you know if you're struggling with sleep you know the first thing you can look at is your sleep wake routine try and go to bed and wake up at around about plus or minus uh, you know 30 to 60 minutes of the same time each night and each morning and then just work really hard discovering your own secret recipe to getting to sleep you know through sleep hygiene and maybe employ some nice uh, mindfulness techniques so Rico, there's this general impression that we need less sleep as we grow older. You know, I hear older adults tell me they need less sleep. Is that right? Actually, they need as much sleep as younger people. It's just that nature starts working against them. They start making a little less melatonin. Um, the look of their day is different. So they have more napping opportunities and they fall asleep in the chair. And then, you know, that lowers their sleep pressure before bed. And suddenly they're not tired and all of these things. Um but, you know, when we look at, uh, when we define need, um, human need, which is, you know, to sleep to the point where we have an absence of disease uh, and, you know, we're really functioning at the highest level we can, um, you know, older adults need as much sleep uh, as younger adults. And, and um, you know, and sometimes that total sleep requirement really surprises people. 
uh, people often ask me, you know, how much sleep do I need? Like I hear different numbers thrown around and, um, you know, at one level, sleep is a very individual thing. So, you know, one person might thrive on seven hours sleep. Another person might actually need eight or nine. Um, human sleep, those studies have, have averaged out the number somewhere between seven and a half and eight and a half hours a night. Um, so if you middle that, you know, uh, eight hours a night, um, think of that as an average target. When you consider the average sleep time in Singapore is six and a half hours, you know, we have somewhat of a problem. Um, anything below seven, seven is the hard deck number, anything below seven and you're starting to, um, you're starting to interfere with your own health, your own wellness, uh, physical health and, and mental health. And anything below six hours is, uh, is really bad news uh, for long-term health outcomes. Rico, we've talked about babies and older adults. So what about teenagers, right, who often study or check their social media late into the night and as a result, they sleep less than they should? And a particular population that I really worry about here in Singapore is young adolescents who, you know, biologically need more sleep than adults. They need about nine hours of sleep. And I regularly meet, um, you know, students that are getting, you know, the average six and a half. So they're getting two to three hours less sleep a night uh, on average than, than what they biologically need. I um, mean, you know, this doesn't come without consequences, Joyce. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a scary picture and it's something that we need to, we need to have a conversation about in Singapore and, and start doing that piece better, I think. So if you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to the Health Chat podcast for free on your favourite smartphone apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. Right. So for these young people, I mean, if they were to sleep six and a half, say for, I don't know, a year or two or three, I mean, you know, what kind of impact will they have on your health when they are older? Yeah, well, we know that there's a, a really strong correlation now between um, lack of sleep and Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, we know there's a really strong correlation. So that's kind of a long term thing. You know, if, you, if you're not getting enough sleep for 20 or 30 years. Um, you know, that really elevates your risk. Um, in the short term, we know that it impacts our mood and that's really a next day effect. If you don't have a big sleep um, or if you don't have a, enough sleep, you know, you just feel a little bit grumpy the next day uh, and it doesn't take long for that to become a compounding effect. Um, anxiety and depression becomes, um, becomes a greater risk. Right. Even for adults then? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it, it has a profound effect. So I guess we can all do with a nap if we haven't had a good night's sleep. So actually, how effective is a nap and how long should it be? You know, lots of studies have shown that uh, strategic napping is very effective uh, for, our, for our alertness, uh, for our cognitive performance, and it can just help you get through. It doesn't completely make up for a short night. It does add on to your total sleep time, though, um, and, it, and, it, and it does help, yeah. And it should be, you said a sleep cycle is 90 minutes. So would that be the ideal net time? Yeah. So the, the advice is to sleep either 20 to 30. So you're waking up just the end of your light sleep stage um, or go th right through the sleep cycle, have a little dream at the end of it, and then wake up at about 90 minutes. If you wake up at 60 minutes or so, you, you'll, be wake, you'll be kind of coming up from the deep, deep depths of sleep um, when you're in deep sleep, you know, the anesthetic is really turned up. The brain is really, is really quite drugged on sleep and it takes a, 
quite some time to come around. We call that sleep inertia or sleep disorientation. Um, and it takes about 30 minutes, you know, that feeling where you feel really groggy in the head. <laughs> and that's really important for taxi drivers to take note of because they often nap in their cars. Um, and, you know, if you're sleep deprived, you'll actually drop into deep sleep a little bit quicker than normal. Um, and really, you shouldn't drive a vehicle for about half an hour after you wake up. So that's a nice little tip, um, you know, for all of our drivers out there uh, to allow time for that. Yeah, but it can help you get through. Hmm. Well, that's great. Does that mean that we can all do with a nap to catch up on sleep? The only rule, Joyce, is if you have insomnia, if you can't fall asleep at night, uh, I wouldn't advise napping because you want that sleep pressure to be as high as possible come the time that you go to bed. Uh, so if you can't fall asleep at night or you have trouble with that, try to stay awake through the day and make yourself a little bit more tired in the evening. So Rico, what else do we need to know about the importance of sleep? It's really interesting to think about the role of sleep in nourishing our emotional health. And that largely comes from when we dream uh, during our, our REM sleep stage. And it's really interesting to note that the great majority of our, of our dream sleep comes in the last two hours of an eight-hour night. So if you're a six-hour sleeper, you're likely missing out on about 60 to 90% of your dream sleep. And it's from that dream sleep where all your um, emotional nourishment um, and, and balance and coping mechanisms come from. So, so when people are not sleeping, if they're sleeping six hours rather than seven and a half or eight, you know, they're really compromising their emotional resilience, I suppose. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's really important to, to think about that. And, um, you know, sleep in itself becomes you know, a treatment for, for somebody who's struggling in, in the mental health space, you know, be it anxiety or depression or, you know, other things, um, because it is, it is genuinely medicine uh, for that condition. Thanks for your time, Rico. Thanks, Joyce. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. Don't forget to subscribe to us for free on your favourite smartphone apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Search for Street Times Health Check, like us and give us a rating. Thank you for listening. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.